two doctors and a doula talk the pelvic floor. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Pure Doula podcast. I'm your host, Catherine, the Pure Doula. On this week's episode, I welcome Dr. Rachel and Dr. Jamie. Both are physical therapists who specialize in the pelvic floor. I'm excited because they're both so cool, so kind, and obviously they know their stuff. <laughs> like I learned so much from them. You'll you'll hear it as you listen. I'm like, what? <laughs> no way. (laughs) And this kind of info is something all women, especially if you're pregnant, should learn. Like this is stuff that we're not always easily exposed to, you know. They work together at Optimal Health Chiropractic and Physical Therapy in Egg Harbor Township here in South Jersey. So if you are local, go check them out. Get checked out have them work with you, learn more, get to know them. They're awesome women and definitely something that we all can benefit from. But first, before we get into it, I want to extend a discount code for all the listeners to use on my website, thepeerdoula.com. I'm sure you can hear it, (laughs) but I have been sick almost all week. And it has been bad. It actually caused me to be bedridden and I couldn't get anything done. John had to take off work to take care of Mercy. Like, it was so bad. And then he got sick. So it's been pretty bad. (laughs) I was away from you guys for the longest I've ever been away from you all. But um, I needed the rest, I needed the break, and sometimes my body, our bodies, just tells us, like, hey, that's it, we're shutting down. (laughs) But as a welcome back to me, and a thank you to you all, use the code GETWELL to get 20% off your entire order. Hopefully I'm getting well. (laughs) No, I am, I just, it's all like... You hear it now, like, I feel like I just have a head cold now. I was so sick. I really couldn't even get this episode published yesterday on Wednesday, which is my publishing day every Wednesday. So this is a first. <laughs> I'm actually a day late. But um, here's a message with that. Rest and get back to things when you can. So thank you all for your continued support. Make sure you use that code to snag some goodies. Now, let's get into it. So, thank you, Jane and Rachel, for both doing this. This is a first for me to have guests on at the same time. So, hopefully, we all don't talk over each other. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try not to. <laughs> exactly. Whatever. It's all good. So, I want you guys to each introduce yourselves and what you do and uh, why you're here. So I'm Dr. Jamie. Um, I am a new graduate. I graduated in 2021 and I started working at Optimal last year. And I actually went in school and I was really interested in pelvic floor 
pregnancy issues like incontinence and prolapse. And so I went and I got my certification through the Herman Wallace Institute and I'm still working on more certifications from them. So I see a lot of women's health patients, pelvic floor patients, both women and male. And then I also do orthopedic patients. Nice. And Rachel. Perfect. So um, I guess I'm Rachel Miller, uh, I guess doctor of physical therapy. So I started the optimal health physical therapy portion back in 2018. Um, actually, my brother is the one chiropractor. So we're optimal health chiropractic and physical therapy. Um, and he started it back in 2015. So I've been a physical therapist since 2015 myself. Um, but over the past several years, just seeing the rise in pelvic floor dysfunction with tons of patients and just doing CrossFit myself and, and noticing that tons of women were having some leakage issues, um, kind of went on to get the Herman Wallace uh, education, as well as then I've also done some continued education in um, as a birth fit professional. And what that entails is just uh, kind of training for pregnant women as well as postpartum training for white pregnant people um, and allowing to really like educate and entitle women to kind of get as much knowledge and resources as possible on what they're capable of doing while pregnant and postpartum. Um, and then like Jamie said, I mean, in our office, we treat our patients of pelvic floor dysfunctions um, from incontinence down to we'll even say um, having some constipation as well as then treating our orthopedic cases, which consist of like our ankle sprains to our low back pains to our um, joint replacements. Um, so we kind of see it all. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was um, telling Jamie earlier, like there's a lot about pregnancy and postpartum that no one ever tells us as women and what to expect or what we're going to go through or changes in our bodies. When I went to the workshop you both gave about pelvic floor and stuff, I learned a lot and is why I kind of wanted you guys to come on here and I guess just maybe if you want to go back over what you were talking then or just anything aimed towards like pregnant women and postpartum and stuff like that because it's, you guys had a lot of valuable information and a lot of women can definitely benefit from you both for sure um awesome well thank you for um even coming and attending our workshop that we had one <laughs> and then to like finding all the value from it so um that's great for us to hear so um, I mean, I guess I can, I'm trying to think which the best way to get started with it all. But I mean, a big thing we touched upon in the workshop was starting with just like anatomy and going into just like learning our bodies and understanding our bodies. And um, uh, like a big thing that like, most of us don't even I feel like know what our core is versus what our diaphragm or pelvic floor. So just a whole bunch of important words of kind of what happens or how our anatomy works. And then um, I went, we went into a lot of discussion as well as to like 
when I've been using this word incontinence for, let me just break that word down, incontinence is leakage. So whether it's leakage when women sneeze or when we cough or when we um, laugh or jump too like too hard and we have some like uh, urine that comes out or whether it's um, leakage because we're putting the key in the door and we're rushing to get in the house and we're worrying about that. So those are things that, yes, despite the fact that lots of women have that, that's not a normal thing to have. So that was something that was kind of the biggest take home that we tried to, I think, get everyone to understand that plenty of women will say it's common to have that, that that's just life after having a baby. But the reality is, no, there's things that you can do to improve upon that. Um, and then, of course, yeah, we can dive more into pregnancy. Um, Jamie, is there anything you want to kind of go into? <clears throat> um, I think that like, you kind of said it yourself, a lot of like, we're not really taught in school what the pelvic floor is. Like we're kind of, I know my school, it shied away from things. So we, they, they told us about condoms and that was our health section. And they didn't really tell us about anything about anatomy or like the bladder. So kind of just going into that, like a lot of people don't really understand that your pelvic floor is the portion of your lower bottom that holds everything up. It is there for stability. It is there for sexual function. It is there to contribute to like bowel and bladder health as well. So it's a really important part of women and men. And so we really need it to be in tip top shape. Uh, otherwise we have those issues. Like we have the incontinence where it's leakage or we might have some weakness down there causing the prolapse. Or I mean, we might even have some tightness causing pain. So having people understand what those issues are and then saying like, okay, I need help and I can get help somewhere. Yeah. So I guess, um, well, you explained what pelvic floor is, which is great because again, when I kind of came into this whole thing on my like doula journey, it was kind of like, well, what does that even mean? <laughs> so I'm glad <laughs> yeah. you explained that because I feel like I'm not the only one in that boot, <laughs> but, um, what is the importance of like working on that as you're pregnant? Like what are the benefits or like, is that a good way to prevent like those things you were talking about after having a baby, like the leakage and stuff like that? Definitely. It will definitely help prevent and then also help kind of with labor and delivery as well. So if you do have the proper function of your pelvic floor, you're less likely to have some, pregnancy pains so it might be a little bit more stable to kind of hold the baby in a proper position and then also might help during labor to be able to push the baby out and then also not have the leakage afterwards correct right. so I mean a, a big thing that I'd say like I would emphasize that like number one thing I go over with most uh, pregnant women in my office is posture more than anything because uh, back to, I mean, core pelvic floor, if we're not set in a, a good position, your pelvic floor is not going to work optimally as well. So the more education that like one, you can, can get ahead of time, it does help you recover a little bit faster, as well as it does, like she said, help you go into delivery day too, with um, a good, strong mental mindset. But a big thing that most women tend to, I mean, one, we do have uh, like, a human growing inside of us. So it does sometimes put pressure on organs. So you are sometimes a little more susceptible to having some bladder changes that are different while pregnant. 
due to positioning of the the baby but a lot of times most women kind of fall into this like extreme tilt where it allows more room for that baby but sometimes what happens is it also affects their low back affects their lower abdomen so a big thing that i would say is like kind of going over like what safe movements are and like how to work on some postural things that and and just kind of reassure like you're not going to harm the baby either and all of these things that we're going to go over sweet yeah that makes sense because as you were saying that i was thinking how like when i was pregnant i remember just like kind of pushing my belly back like arching i'm pushing my belly out and arching my back Mm -hmm. and that's probably not good at all as far as stand (laughs) most of the time it helps with like room but at the same rate like you you don't need to stand in that extreme position because that extreme (laughs) position like I said leads to a little bit of um like a faulty movement pattern but there's still plenty of room if you were to just tilt your hips back a little bit more and the baby would Mm. still have ample amount of space so it's the little details that like is part of the reason that having the, the pelvic floor background and having all of this education and coming in to see a, a physical therapist can greatly help but yeah for sure then, it sounds like it so, go ahead I'll let you guys talk no no to also add into that <laughs> to also add into that like it's really great to come and see us but then also like we have so many healthcare professionals out there using the chiropractors because you can see a chiropractor when pregnant a lot of people kind of a lot some doctors had to say will kind of shy away and say oh you, you shouldn't do that but a lot of times they help the most because they can really massage and really get in there and release those tight muscles and kind of align you in the proper position and then also seeing the massage therapist and seeing maybe an acupuncturist too mm-hmm. yeah definitely I, gonna... I would definitely suggest putting those on like um a baby registry (laughs) like I'm really crazy (laughs) about baby registries and them not being like traditional to how society usually does it like stuff like that is like needed you know for mom Mm -hmm. and baby but go ahead you guys let me hear all the good stuff you have to say sorry I told Jamie I get very excited so just be like all right (laughs) let me speak (laughs) go ahead um no and everything Jamie was saying too I think that there's like a study that actually shows that the chiropractic adjustment while pregnant is shown to help with relaxation more than any other time that you're around. So it actually like helps to get you prepared for delivery and everything and, and kind of get your muscles where they need to be. So it is, like she said, it, it's awesome to kind of have everything work together and all the different disciplines. So. <clears throat> And everyone can, well, I guess in the South Jersey area, the, the women can come to where you guys are at and get pelvic floor help from you both and then see the chiropractors like all in the same place, which is great. Yeah, um, I mean, correct. New Jersey as well as direct access. So, I mean, there's some limitations with some insurances, but with that being said, um chiropractic direct access physical therapy now is direct access as well meaning that you can come in without a a script or referral oh that's awesome I didn't even know that that's good to know (laughs) Mm -hmm. um okay cool so I guess what else um do we need to know about just the pelvic floor and how to keep it strong and function properly 
So I think that we should kind of like, so I already kind of like touched on how the pelvic floor kind of supports organs and it's kind of for sexual function as well, but it also works together with the diaphragm for breathing. So when you properly breathe in, we're supposed to breathe into our stomach and then out and the chest shouldn't really be the primary mover. So we, so a lot of people you'll see are chest out, butt out, suck in their stomach, and they're only breathing their chest through their chest. So their diaphragm isn't really descending as much as it should. And when it doesn't descend, the pelvic floor doesn't really descend that much either. So Mm. it's really important to have that breathing component where you fully breathe in and out using your stomach. And that gives the mobility of the pelvic floor to ascend and descend with breathing. And then also... I'm like going through my sheets right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Um, no, and and just to even touch more on it is basically after you asked that same question, I was gonna jump right on the same topic with with Jamie. That if I had to say there is one specific thing that I would tell everyone to focus in on, especially prenatal, postpartum, is always return to your breath. So breathing, one like she said the diaphragmatic breathing specifically getting that full belly breath that she's talking about learning how to relax the upper tra- the upper chest muscles because that also can bring stress and tension and learning how to actually like let go and let the belly kind of almost expand out which we've been taught our whole lives to kind of suck in the biggest mm-hmm. thing i'd say is like don't suck in, (laughs) Um, let your body relax, breathe out into it and really get that full expansion. One, it helps with relaxation Two, of just your body, but two, it helps relaxation of the pelvic floor. And then also um, it helps with, with stress as well. So when eventually when delivery day comes and we need to return back to breathing, breath is one of the biggest things that can help you get through everything so that's so true because as you're explaining that I was thinking like oh wow that's great because like literally a lot of things I tell women that I support is like breathing during labor is so important and that belly breath or like breathing down into like your pelvic area you know I like to say and stuff and it's like it just makes sense like why am I breathing like that all the time <laughs> like you said don't hold your stomach in like that's something that I kind of was taught to do like nope (laughs) yeah yeah. society at this point has taught us suck it in at all times we gotta stick the chest out and suck it in and (laughs) that leads to some low back pain that leads to like stress tension you're overusing muscles and underusing other muscles and Mm. prenatal and postpartum learning how to breathe into that lower abdomen is probably one of the most forgotten about areas of our body. Um, and then pelvic floor as well. So absolutely. <laughs> could I say I could go on like a whole soapbox on just breathing alone, but um, yeah. Jamie, I'll let you go into whatever one you're going to dive into next. Um, well, I was going to kind of dive into the bladder because a lot of times mm-hmm. we're not really taught about what the bladder's function is and kind of like, we're taught like, okay, you pee and that's it. So with the bladder, it's it holds around two cups of urine. So if you're not able to hold that much urine, this is the time to go see a pelvic floor therapist. It should like, you should not be going to the bathroom every five to 10 minutes, 
it's every two hours that you should be going to the bathroom mm-hmm. and you want to go at least like eight times a day. That's normal. If you go less than that, sometimes that's okay. But when you hold it for way too long, that starts to be an issue. And when you do urinate, so usually the bladder relaxes as it collects the urine. And when the pelvic floor muscles turn on, that's when they turn on to prevent the leakage. But when there's kind of like a disconnect there, the bladder relaxes and then the pelvic floor doesn't turn on. So we have that leakage. And then usually when you urinate, the bladder muscle contracts and the pelvic floor muscles, they turn off. So that's when we should be relaxing, sitting on the toilet, not hovering and not straining or peeing like a racehorse. Some of my patients say, and I'm like, that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) And again, another thing, like when you guys said that at the workshop, I was like mind blown because like, (laughs) if there was one thing that I thought like I was like the best at, it was popping a squat to pee <laughs> like to pee anywhere like I don't care about the toilet I just squat above it and knowing that that's not healthy at all like for me was just like mind blown I was like wow I've been doing everything yeah. about this my whole life <laughs> well not not do everything but we do want to go and sit down. So then the pelvic floor muscles, because we're, when we're still standing, it's kind of contracting. So it's holding us up because it's playing mm. the part of holding the organs up. So giving us a seat gives us the pelvic floor ab- ability to like relax. So you can go and use the bathroom. And I am guilty of this. I go to some places like bars, restaurants, places outside of the state. And I'm like, I don't know this toilet. I don't feel comfortable <laughs> sitting on it. So I am one of those people that like, it's best just sit down, put down one of those toilet seat covers, put down some tissue paper. I know it takes a little bit longer, but it's going to save you later. <laughs> Which makes a lot of sense. Like really, when you think about it, like, like you said, if you're still somewhat, your muscles can't fully relax. And I mean, mm-hmm. I never thought of that ever, ever. So everyone take notes. No more squatting. Just sit. <laughs> Make a nest. <laughs> Um, trying to, like she said, um, I mean, we've created little handouts for our patients and everything too. And a big thing that like, one of the big things in the handout too, is just creating part of the reason that we tell people come in like prenatal as well is just kind of creating a birth plan and, and then discussing some of those options. So I like to discuss with a lot of patients, like, what is their goals? What is, what is their like aspirations of their delivery if they want that natural vaginal birth do they want an epidural do they not do they want just the c-section all of any choice is fine and kind of giving them as much education on like all the different delivery options as well as in a way like different side effects or different things that could arise um Mm -hmm. but a big thing that like i really just try to emphasize more than anything is just staying active and doing sometimes like considering more of like active births um but what I mean by that is like kind of letting the practitioners know right as soon as you get in there kind of like what your game plan is whether you want to be hooked up to something and just laying in bed the entire time or trying to move around walk around and have like um the ability to be able to um kind of walk around the unit or be able to 
sit on a ball or kind of move into different positions because a lot of times motion and movement helps a lot of people. So I, I do oh, strongly definitely. encourage people to kind of stay active and get moving. And I'm sure you see it as a doula trying to like see whatever's best. And I know that like your main goal is kind of help speak on the behalf of the patient. So, um, but I try to at least give them the ideas or the like educate them as much as possible coming in and have them talk through some of their ideas or their fears or what they want to do too. That's awesome. That's really awesome because it's definitely needed. And again, like there's just, there's so many women and I just discovered this from experience myself of like, just not knowing these things, like even what a birth plan is, you know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can like say that I have preferences or like, I can say I want this or I don't want that. Like what? Like, yes, you can like map the whole thing out and decide what you want for yourself and for your baby. Yeah. And I, I know that a lot of um, people didn't realize that you, you don't just have to stay on your back the whole time and push, like oh you can move gosh. into different positions. You can go onto your hands and knees. You can go into a squatting position. You can like, I don't know, go, I've seen people go on their sides and they kind of do like a side bridge and a side plank when they're doing it <laughs> right. with their leg up in the air. So like whatever is the most comfortable for you that you feel like the most ability to push that child out, like that's on you. Like you do not have to go and listen to whatever someone's telling you, oh, you have to do this. Like, no, this is your birth plan. Like I understand mm-hmm. like sometimes like they need to make adjustments to things. Like if the baby is in distress or if some things are going wrong, like they might need to go and change a couple of things. But like you are the one and only person that should be making those decisions. Oh, absolutely. Because it's not going to be the same for everyone, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, how many just different positions for baby to come out are there like possibilities. And that's another thing that just most women don't know, like that movement helps alleviate any pain and get baby in position and make it come out easier. Like, I know I was on my knees facing backwards on the bed, like mm-hmm. upright, <laughs> yeah. they were like, Catherine you need to stay on the bed they thought I was gonna like jump off the bed and try and catch the baby (laughs) you're like like, yes that's exactly what I want to (laughs) do yeah I'm like I'm fine I'm just you know moving in position here this feels good leave me alone I got this Mm -hmm. but yeah it just like you said movement and finding what works for that position because also like forced pushing I it, it causes more damage to that area you know so I know Mm -hmm. you can tear and stuff and it's going to affect the muscles and everything down there as well if you're forcing them to do something they're not ready to do Mm -hmm. correct so I mean the more that you can move around or try to just naturally like in theory like your muscles should be able to relax and as long as you're moving with the contractions and and trying to push appropriately, it will help minimize the tearing. But I mean, if I probably asked everyone their birth story, which I do, um, too many people have tearing in their perineum. So I mean, Mm. there's many different grades of all of it and how many people have had just gotten sewn up and just, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. So I mean, the more that we can try to help just prevent 
even if it's just one or two people, then I'm happy with trying to accomplish that. So that's great. It really is. <clears throat> so I remember um, you guys also mentioned something about Kegels, like not doing too many of them could like too many of that kind of exercise, which I thought was like the best thing to do. Um, is kind so, of like- so with that, we don't want patients to do too many Kegels the wrong way. When okay. we have a patient like that comes in, I personally like to have just, you don't always have to do internal, but with the internal examination, it gives us kind of like a read on what, are you doing during that Kegel? Are you actually tightening and pulling up or are you bearing down and pushing out or is nothing Mm. happening and you're just holding your breath and sucking your stomach in and using like your glutes and your butt muscles to kind of push like your butt together. Like I've seen so many different things. And so sometimes with the Kegels, if we do too many and we get in that mindset of like, Oh, I always have to do them. You might be either tightening your core like your pelvic floor a little bit too much or you're not doing it properly and you're leaning to more problems down the road so always having the correct motion that gives us kind of like okay you're doing this right continue doing them but we don't want you doing them all throughout the day like that's not one of the goals here like doing them twice three times a day that's fine I usually say to my patients do once in the morning once at night and it's not a whole minute of them it's doing it maybe like four second holds five second holds five to ten times relax and that's it yeah it's really okay. learning the activation of it properly because there's a time and place that like yes it it's it, it's stopping that stream from happening stopping that leakage from happening but i'll also say like 90% of the day, we're not holding Kegels as we walk around or we run or we do any of those <laughs> right. activities. So really learning how to train our body is is learning how to even create um, like a descent of our pelvic floor and working on expansion and working on still being able to like hold up those muscles without, or those um, organs without anything coming out or falling out or leakage mm-hmm. coming out. So Kegels have their time and place of helping with things. And then as well, just training your body of once again, breathing appropriately posture and, um, and learning how to kind of turn on the core. So they're all components to really help the pelvic floor, not just Kegels. (laughs) Yeah. And it's when we have our patients come in, we're not just having them do that one exercise and then we're saying, Oh, you're done. We're working on those core muscles. We're working on those glutes. We're working on your legs. We're working on your back muscles. So we're working the whole entire lower half because they all work together to kind of hold you together. So if you're kind of out of whack and you're maybe have a weak core and tight back muscles and maybe some weak legs, like they're going to compensate and your pelvic floor is going to kind of do the same. It's not going to be totally perfect if you have a weak core and other stuff going on. They work hand in hand. So if one's weak, the other might be tight and vice versa. Gosh, this just makes so much sense. Like when you break it all down like that, (laughs) it makes sense until you try to explain it to like where everyone's flaws are. And then they look at you like, huh? (laughs) So it does take some time to like, truly explain it to patients and like and it can take several sessions sometimes to fully understand like 
the little details that we sometimes are like even asking um mm -hmm. and the little changes because i know like myself the first time i ever went to like a seminar that discussed like posture and breathing and then bracing and uh, hip positions i'm like i have rounded shoulders and rib cage flaring and i have my hips that are tilted and they're like what <laughs> what are you telling me so yeah. it does take some time to really like hone in on like understanding some of the stuff we're saying and like that's kind of the point of like sometimes why you come more than once too it's like a gym where sometimes it just takes a while to really like learn more about your body and understand then the exercise and then the purpose behind everything so back to i know we went on talking about kegels but as you can tell that's what's amazing about the pelvic floor is there's way more than just kegels that you can focus in on way more and literally that's all i thought like there was to do and then you guys were like just like sharing this awesome information. I was like, wow, <laughs> wow. Everyone needs to hear all of this. That's for sure. So like you, you made a good point about like going to the gym. Like you don't just go to the gym once, you know, it takes time to learn things and like figure out what's all connected and that kind of thing. So how often should someone come visit you guys and how long should it be to really like, I guess, well, I guess you don't really see results. Maybe you do, but like, you know, just to really know that they're doing the right thing or they're making a difference in their body. Yeah. So um, for like patients that are like prenatal, um, we, we typically kind of recommend like the first trimester kind of get through that. You're usually feeling a little like <laughs> ill, you're kind of doing whatever you could come and see the chiropractors. They'll kind of sometimes help just get you feeling good. And the sessions are simple and gentle. But um, as far as like the physical therapy part, we usually say like once the second trimester, once the morning sickness kind of stops, like you can definitely come in. If you have more so like an injury, like not an injury, but if your back is hurting or like hips are hurting, I would say like come in more frequently, like until we kind of get that resolved. But if you're feeling pretty good and just want to like have a tune up, what we've recommended is pretty much bi-monthly up until then the third trimester and then doing like once a week, once you get really close to your pregnancy and then almost okay. the same for the chiropractic as well, kind of monthly, then almost bi-monthly and then um, like weekly at that point. So it's pretty much like what we've kind of recommended is just like, don't be afraid to come in in those final days near your pregnancy. Like uh, I will say, I think I've had one lady that went into labor the same day, like later that day that she came in and wow. saw me and had mm -hmm. a great delivery. Um, I think Dr. Nick that we work with had one lady that came in in so much pain. He, she left feeling much better than went into labor later that day. So wow. <laughs> we've had some fun, like cool success stories like that. And I mean, we've had some of our patients who have had to have their C-sections, which is still fine as well too. It's, I mean, not everything is always like, rainbows and butterflies but um but yeah. everyone has their their stories and everything so um but for the most part like i said um pretty much second trimester you can come like once a month or once every other week and then kind of get a little bit more frequent especially if you're dealing with any pain get a little bit more frequent up into your delivery day and we modify a lot of exercises based upon like how you're feeling, how you're moving, what positions work best for you. We understand that there is still a human growing inside of you. So we still have to be smart about positioning. Um, mm -hmm. 
And that's another thing that a lot of our patients, when they do get later in the in the trimester, they do look at us and they're like, I'm not supposed to be on my back. That's another mm. thing that your body will tell you when you have to move. Being on your back for a set of 10 exercises, like that's totally fine. You could stay on your back for the minute or two minutes while you're doing the exercise. Your body will tell you that you need to move before something happens. And even like they ask about sleeping at night. And if you're comfortable on your back, like you will be told, like your body will tell you, okay, you need to move now. Like, yeah, being in tune with your body can like, yeah, tell you a lot for sure. Yeah. So if you are more comfortable and baby likes it when you're on your back a little bit more, that's totally fine. Give yourself a little bit of elevation and then switch it up. You can move around at night. (laughs) Yeah, that's good to know because like a lot of things I feel like around pregnancy and like just education or classes or stuff like that is so very like one size fits all when it's really not, you know, like... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of course, never is. Women, no, not ev- ever, ever. <laughs> so like, that's like one great example where like, yeah, you can totally lay on your back until you feel like discomfort or that it's not the best for you and you move around and stuff like that, you know, and obviously then there's going to be women where like, no, they can't lay on their back for like at all because it's just unbearable or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly. a really good point. And then then, also going into the postpartum, I know like Rachel touched on the prenatal part of going to see the therapist, but postpartum, we usually recommend around like four to six weeks is when you usually get cleared by your doctor. And that's when you can come in and have your initial evaluation. And we kind of go through like what happened, tell us your birth story, we're here to listen, and then kind of go from there, like if you still have some lingering things going on, like some pain or some incontinence issues, and we work it from there. And we do kind of like a, we do either bi-weekly or weekly basis from there on out. So it probably really depends on really the woman and experience through birth. Mm-hmm. Imagine on what you guys would like focus on or work with or how often you would see them correct yeah it's like you said not everything's one size fits all so a lot of times it's kind of the case-by-case scenario absolutely and um this is kind of like a little crazy story but I just wanted to like tell you guys and see if you had ever experienced this or anything to say but um I have this one girlfriend who said that after her birth, she did tear, you know, and she had to get stitches, but they stitched her up like too much. And it was just like horrible. And she had to see a a therapist like you guys, you know, to like, kind of get back to normal, I guess, after getting too many stitches and just somehow it just like, really made her in a lot of pain and just like she couldn't really do much like normally you know like whether Mm -hmm. it was like going to the bathroom or having sex and stuff like that so like is that something that can definitely happen and is it common or is that just kind of like one of those things that like that's a one in a million kind of chance um I would say I mean that's very common that that could happen so anywhere that you have Mm -hmm. stitches anywhere that like they do the incision um you're whenever they kind of you have that like 
that new scar tissue that's forming, your body will kind of naturally tighten up and adhere up a little bit. So when that happens, think about what I just told you about the function of the pelvic floor. It needs to also be able to relax. And if those mm. adhesions kind of happen down there, now you're losing some of that function. So you're constantly staying tight all the time, which is probably what was happening to her a little bit. She probably had some deadened areas from just where like where the tearing happened. So it was like a little bit um, desensitized. So, um, I mean, one thing that I would probably say is I would immediately say like, we would go and do that internal examination and do scar tissue mobilization, work on different techniques to try to like bring as much blood flow healing back to that area and try to restore as much mobility restore as much sensitization back to that area, as well as then once again, back to that breath, it's working on then reinforcement of like trying to expand into those muscles. Um, mm. And then I'll let Jamie talk about, but postpartum as well, like what's another major scar that everyone has is our C-section scar. So I'll let her talk about like the importance of like scar tissue mobilization there too, but. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. very important to, keep these scars mobile and like Rachel was saying like a lot of my patients like one of my patients I can give for example came in wasn't even coming in for pelvic floor issues it was more back issues and like hip issues and when I asked her about her cesarean scar she told me oh I can't feel it and I was Mm. like well what do you mean and she was like oh I have no feeling in my stomach area And so every time that she would touch down there, she didn't feel anything. She didn't have Mm -hmm. any sensitivity, nothing. And so I started working on her and I was like, you have a lot of scar tissue down here. Maybe we need to break this up and see what happens. And so she started kind of, we were doing a lot of the soft tissue massage where we kind of, we do circular motions. And then we also, we, I say, bring it into this area or breath of life into this area and so I kind of push the scar upwards push it downwards and you're kind of like mobilizing it upwards downwards kind of like in a zigzag motion Mm. and that really helps to kind of break up the scar tissue and allow more feeling allow more mobility so after breaking up the scar tissue on this patient she had a lot more relief in her hip area and she was like wow that's crazy. Wow. Like I didn't even realize that they were connected. Granted, she also still had the back pain, but then found out she was pregnant again. So, <laughs> yeah. So Aww. she now knew, okay, I have to work on this scar. So when I do have a cesarean section again, and if I do, like she's going to work on it afterwards and it's okay. Like give it a couple like weeks after birth. And then like once the scar is healed over and you don't see like, they don't have like the stitching anymore, then you could really kind of push into it and kind of move it around and get that area moving again to kind of mobilize and break it all up. Wow, that's great information for sure. Because I feel like I have a few friends who have had C-sections and they kind of just have this like, like you said, like she didn't have a station there, you know, and there was like almost like a stigma of like wanting to touch it maybe, you know, mm-hmm. like touch that area and really like again get in tune with that part of their body and Um, the best way to really get in tune like is honestly like watching yourself in a mirror like doing the circular motion so when you watch mm -hmm. yourself doing that you're connecting your brain to your body and you're like 
visualizing. And that really helps with proprioception back, with sensitivity. So really getting that area to like you watching it and you're like, okay, this is my stomach. This is my scar. And not kind of just like brushing it under the table, really. Yeah, that's amazing for sure. I love, love, love that. And how incredible it is that how you treated that woman got rid of that hip pain like that. Yeah. Like it's and incredible. It was crazy. And like we've seen it before because me and Rachel both went to a um, lecture series where we did more manual skills and a co-worker or like a another person that was attending the lecture series happened to her and it happened in front of our eyes where she had a scar from appendicitis or something along those lines and she was like I feel that down my leg right now like you pushing on it is down my leg and that's when I was like the scar is really connected and it can happen with anything it can happen with cesarean scars it could happen with the episiotomy scar it can happen with shoulder surgery scars so like you need to really break up that scar tissue after any surgeries like give it a couple weeks and then start to really try to break it up wow amazing you guys really are like I'm so glad that we were able to do this because I'm still learning so much from you both and (laughs) I know the listeners will really appreciate everything you guys are sharing um so you both work at Optimal and that is in EHT Egg Harbor Township yes correct or Okay, and that's South Jersey for anyone who doesn't know, kind of close to not far from Atlantic City. Um, so I guess if you each want to share like how anyone can find you online or find the office you're at or work with you or anything like that, um, please feel free. Go ahead. Let us all know. <laughs> Um, so we do have I guess an Instagram and a Facebook we have two separate Instagram and Facebook we have an optimal health chiropractic and physical therapy Instagram and Facebook and then we have an optimal health um, pelvic floor physical therapy Facebook as well Um, so I mean you can always message on those or if you do a Google search of optimal health that's where you'll get all of the information so what we recommend is just call our office. The girls in our front office are amazing. They will take down all your information and get you as prepared as possible. And they're very good at honestly listening to whatever you throw at them too. Um, Cause they're kind of who sometimes controls our schedule, but um, anything else, Jamie? <laughs> no, yeah, I think that both, of, yeah, follow following both those Facebook pages, the Instagram page. Um, I don't know if you, Rachel, have a separate Instagram. I don't have one yet, but I'm hopefully going to make one soon. So just I have my own personal. I haven't a- <laughs> yeah, I haven't made like a personal PT one. And I know a lot of people have those out there. And I see all my girlfriends doing it. And I'm like, I should really start doing this. <laughs> yes, I totally this support a, you both doing that. <laughs> this was a big enough leap of faith for me doing this podcast today. So. Oh, really? I oh, yeah, you told me out of my comfort zone, definitely. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Well, I mean, you guys obviously know your stuff and can help many, many women. So the more we can get you out there, so more women can learn and come see you and get all the help that they need and support that they need, like the better all around for everyone, really. 
Mm-hmm. But, and then you can also, uh, a lot of people don't know where to search for a pelvic floor therapist. And they're looking through Google. And I know sometimes it doesn't list everyone. So mm-hmm. I would also recommend going to pelvicrehab.com, I believe it's called. And you can search for pelvic floor therapists in your area. And that's the website that I use oh. when I have patients with, that move to Florida or that move to Georgia. I've had a couple recently and I've like, looked up on there to see who's on there and who's close to them that they could go to instead. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. So everything that you guys just, oh my gosh, (laughs) I'm sorry. For some reason, the just keeps going off (laughs) talking about health. Don't say our name too loud. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Kind of trying on us. I don't know. But anyway, um, I'm going to link in the description the Facebook pages, the Instagram, and I'll write with you, Jamie, to put as well. Um, and like anything else related to Optimal, I'll make sure I throw in there. That way, whoever's listening, if they're in the area and they want to come see one of you, they can find everything very, very easily. But um, I feel like there's so much more you guys could probably share. I just thought over our time limit together, but um, I do want to thank for really just sharing everything that you did and coming on here and you know giving me this opportunity to just have you both here and share all your amazing knowledge so I really appreciate you both and thank you both for sure and thank you so much for having us on like this was something that we both were looking forward to and it's to get our name out there and to kind of get the education out there that these women and men need yeah yeah we can't forget the men men do we, they, too, so. they have pelvic floors too um yeah. I mean, everything everything jamie said spot on uh thank you for having us as well yes i'm really happy that this worked out and um that mandy brought me to your workshop this is great so um i will be in touch with you both through email and i'll make sure i'm emailing you both this time <laughs> all good <laughs> i'm not an email I'm like, it's all right I was just looking story, for it and but... was like where's this email <laughs> <laughs> right I was like oh geez okay all right but um thank you again ladies and I will be in touch with you for sure so I hope you enjoyed the rest of your night awesome thank, thank you, you. a big big thank you to Dr. Rachel and Dr. Jamie they're amazing um you probably heard a lot of pauses. That's because we really were being mindful of like not talking over each other. <laughs> so I hope this helps whoever needs it. I pray this helps whoever needs it. Remember, reach out to them. I'm going to have everything linked in the description below on how to get in touch with them and optimal health to get your pelvic floor. Make sure it's functioning how it should be and checked out and given some love. (laughs) God bless.